Welcome to another great edition of the BT Focus Podcast RBT mini series, where we pick off on B2 Assist with Individualized Assessment Procedures. And I had a couple comments that I wanted to share before we jump into part two of a great discussion with our BT guest host, Dan and Logan. And it is on assessments themselves. So while conducting assessments would fall under the scope of practice of a BCBA or supervising clinician, I think it's so important for behavior technicians and RBTs to have a general understanding of the assessment process because assessments are the means by which we set and determine goals. You can view it as the treatment plan is the roadmap and the goals are the checkpoints along the way. And the assessment is a means by which you determine your coordinates. It helps you know where are you going and what are the milestones along the way. And I think it's so important to have that understanding in mind as an RBT because goals and programs within behavior analysis are not selected arbitrarily. And it's always building towards something. And that something is greater independence, greater skills by which they can live full and meaningful lives. So enjoy this conversation today. And maybe something to reflect on and as a takeaway is to talk to your supervising clinician in BCBA about the different assessments and tools they use to determine goals. I think having a greater understanding of the why behind the programming that you run and teach will only make you that much more of an effective implementer. And with that, Dean and Logan, take it away. Welcome to the RBT mini-series presented by the BT Focus podcast. As we walk you step-by-step through the second edition RBT task list on your path to certification and elevating your practice. So in this, we're just going to go over some of the basics. So what is an assessment? Why are we assessing our clients specifically? The types of individual assessment procedures. What is the RBT's role in assessments? And then some tips when assisting with the assessments. We'll also finish up with some questions in this particular module as well. So let's go back to the beginning and let's describe what an assessment actually is. So an assessment is the process of garnering client information so as to determine what that client knows. If we were to reword this, it could look something along the lines of what is the client's skill level and what are their current barriers and current needs? So what are your experiences, Logan, with assessments? So as a previous practicum student, I had quite a bit of opportunities to assist in doing different assessments. I've done the VBMAP, ABLES, and AFLES with my clients. But I think that's kind of a unique opportunity being a practicum student. I think the majority of RBTs don't have as many opportunities to help assist with these types of assessments. Did you have a favorite one? Um, I would say the VBMAP. That is more so for earlier learners. It's very user-friendly. They have specific criteria for different communication and social skills. So you get to kind of probe those skills with your client and then mark 
very clearly if they have a one, a one and a half, a two points in that particular domain. Yeah, it seems as the assessments go up in Criterium, uh, they get a little bit more ambiguous. Uh, I, I kind of equate this to life, you know, when you're a kid, everything seems so clear and you're just working to get one plus one down. And then as you get older, like life just becomes more and more ambiguous and harder. And you're like, all right, wow. It was very simple <laughs> back when I was younger. I feel like the assessments, the VB map is definitely one of the more clear and simple ones. And I had similar experiences as well. I worked with a client that we started with that VB map and then we went to the Ables and the Ables as well. And uh, actually my favorite one was the Ables, but the, the VB map, I could see why it, for you it would be the favorite because yeah, it is so clear and it is like the data is a, a little bit easier to take. So I remember as an RBT working with my supervising clinician specifically with those types of assessments. So if we were to reword the statement that was given before, and just to sum up kind of what we covered, uh, an assessment is what is the client's skill level and what are their current barriers and current needs? There's also some different types of assessments that can happen in terms of informal performance assessments or even formal assessments. And one of the things that we wanna make sure that we do is that we're regularly assessing our clients. Why do you think it's important to regularly assess our clients? Well, these assessments are what we're basing, our target goals, our programming goals. So I think it's important to regularly assess the client, make sure we are keeping up with their skill growth and continuing to target deficits that need to be worked on and not just continuing to work on the same things when that client has already progressed in that particular skill. Spot on. Uh, and it's something that saves us a lot of time as well. Because why would we be working on something that the client already knows? That's a waste of, of money. That's a waste of time. And that's something that can also cause uh, a lot of maladaptive behaviors. Because if a client already knows this and you're continually going over with the client on that specific topic, it can be frustrating. So there's an ongoing informal assessment, which is something that we do on a daily basis. So day in and day out as an RBT, you're going to be going in, you're going to be working through programs on your iPad. All of that data is an ongoing informal assessment for your supervising clinician. Then we also have these quarterly performance assessments. Now, these specifically are for and typically for insurance and or legal requirements. And one of the things that I like to think about in terms of this quarterly performance assessment is a report card. Growing up, I would always get like that green report card and my parents would come to my school. They would see my grades like after there were this whole um, performance that I would have my my parents would come back to my classroom and I'd be able to be like, oh, look, this is my favorite toy. This is my desk. This is my locker. And then my teacher would be like, all right, here's your report card. Uh, and I always saw that as like, okay, I need to do a good job on this report card so that I can impress my parents. And when I was in kindergarten and first grade, one of the things that I really struggled on my report card was English. I don't know why, but it was so frustrating for me. <laughs> And so um, I would get like C's. The rest of my classes, I would have A's and B's, but I'd get a C there. And I just remember dreading that quarterly report card because my parents would come back and my teacher would give my report card and I'd be like, yeah, there's a C. And my parents would 
ask my teacher why, what's going on, let's change some things. Um, so that, yeah, like report cards are something that I always equate back to this quarterly performance assessment when I think about specifically with my clients. Do, do you remember report cards? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did did you have a similar experience? Um, I just remember, I don't know. I always had all A's. I don't want to sound like that. Mm. <laughs> like, okay. All right, Logan. Uh, I, I guess I'm done. <laughs> done with this podcast. All right. <laughs> we'll finish up here. <laughs> oh, cool. You know, I, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me though. You are a very intelligent individual. So I could see all A's on your report card. You know what? Maybe if you were in school with me, I would be like, yo, Logan, <laughs> help me with some English. <laughs> I do remember helping my older brother with his English. Paper. Oh, wow. And like, he was in high school and I was like late elementary and I would like be editing his English paper. <laughs> <laughs> See, look at that. Like, you would definitely be able to help me. But to be honest, like, it, it really doesn't surprise me. Like, that's, that's amazing. Um, that you got all A's and kudos to you. Uh, so you didn't dread this quarterly performance report, right? Right. You were like, you know what? Yeah, show my parents. Like <laughs> I've been assessed and I'm like, I'm passing with all A's. Uh, and and for, for me, like it was kind of like, okay, I can get through this. I got through it. Once I got into middle school, um, I was looking at all A's, same with high school and college. So, I mean, I got there, but it was like the beginning that primary school definitely like caught me up. But back to our topic, we have yearly performance assessments. These are more formal. So this is standardized and it, it really is an intensive assessment that measures the specific skill deficits and strengths of our client throughout the process of the ABA programs that we're applying on a day-to-day -day basis. So we want to acknowledge specifically that both skills and problem behaviors are more than likely to shift, drift, or change as time moves on. So it's vitally important that we're going back and we're assessing these situations. We're assessing the programs that we're running. We're assessing the behavior intervention plan. Because if not, and something has changed, then the current treatment plan that we have in place is not really going to address what it needs to address completely. So that segues us perfectly into why are we assessing our clients? And Logan, you could have kind of mentioned this before. Um, so we kind of already touched on this specific topic, but why? Why should we assess our clients? We collect baseline data on the client's current skill repertoire and deficit. And you had kind of mentioned this already. So the program specifically in your iPad will be designed in a way that teaches your client the skills they specifically need. And we're not wasting this precious time on teaching something that they don't need. This baseline data also allows for a measurement that gives us this starting point. So it's like the starting line when you're about to race, right? You have to start at some point. This is why it's important for us to get that baseline data when we are assessing with our clients. And also that we're going back and we're continually assessing our clients because if not, then we don't know where that baseline shifts. So this assessment may also help the supervising clinician and sometimes schools, teachers, and of course, you and I. So as RBTs, it'll help us a lot and it'll help us understand the client's current skills and caveats. So why do you think it's important to understand where our client is with these assessments? 
I think it's most important to be able to set those treatment goals, knowing what the client can currently do, what they can't do. And by setting those treatment goals, we know at the onset of providing services, like what our criteria is to move on to the next step after that. So just knowing like what kind of things we're going to target with that client when we're going to determine, okay, that client has mastered this particular skill. Now we're going to move on to the next step until we're at the point where, okay, we've mastered all goals and determined skills needed. And now we're able to fade services and just really helping the client be able to navigate through life beyond services once they are able to kind of graduate from that. Spot on. Very well said. And this understanding will help us form a closer bond with our clients. It helps us build that relationship. So uh, it's important that specifically when we're assessing our clients that we find where that skill set is and that the work that we're doing also applies to that skill set. So great answer. I liked it. Also, we want to make sure that we're following up on these assessments because this will help to measure if the specific treatment, the IPOS that is in place is working or the BTP that is in place or the BIP that is in place is actually working. So the questions that a lot of the times our supervising clinicians will ask when they're about to run an assessment or when they're running assessments are, are the programs in the current treatment plan building skills or is the BIP modifying maladaptive behaviors? Etc. So it's important for us to also follow up on these assessments. All right. So let's go through some types of individual assessment procedures. So I know we had mentioned some earlier, the VB map, which Logan, that's your favorite. Yep. Uh, we also talked about the ABLES and the AFLES. So could uh, you give us an example of what a VB map might look like? So something that we might find in it. The VB map assesses a lot of like social and communication skills. There also is an area for assessing like barriers, but for an example, can the client tat five objects across however many environments? So it will ask very specific questions like the different verbal operants, tacting, manding, interverbals, things like that. There's also that social skills. So will the client engage in parallel play with one or more peers, different questions like that. And then you would just kind of check if they can by filling in these boxes, correlating to like the level of how many tacks they can do or how long the parallel play lasts, things like that. Great answer. Yeah, you're completely right. So it really does assess this broad range of social and communication skills. And we're looking at targeting an early learner in these situations. So if you're new RBT, and in my experiences in RBT coming into the field, I heard VBMAP quite often. Mm -hmm. um, and then as I progressed throughout my career, I started hearing more about ABLES and AFLES which you might have similar experiences. So ABLES, we're looking at assessing a broad range of social and communication skills. And then AFLES, we're looking at assessing a broad range of social communication and daily living skills. Now, there's also a multitude of other types of assessments that can be run. There's curriculum-based assessments. So there's a lot of different types of assessments that can be run, but the three main one that I think a lot of RBTs have experience with, so the three that BBMAP, the ABLES and the AFLES. So now let's go through some questions here 
And that will bring us to the end of the individualized assessment procedures. So Logan, you know what? Since I went first last time, I'll let you go first this time. What do you think? All right. Sounds good. So let's see. True or false, an RBT is responsible for conducting assessments independently with the client. Ooh, that one would be false. You want to make sure that if you're conducting an assessment, you're licensed by the board as a BCBA. So you're a supervising clinician. An RBT's role specifically in these assessments is just to be assisting the BCBA or the BCABA. And we want to make sure that these assessments are only conducted in person or telehealth, and they're only conducted through a supervising clinician. Awesome. Yep. Definitely agree. Got that one spot on. We want to make sure that All right. supervisor is there. Agreed. Uh, which you're about to be one. So you're about to be running a lot of these assessments. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. I pass on the first time. <laughs> oh, you got it. I know you got it. All right. So number two. What is the purpose of assessing clients? So do we want to determine current skill sets and deficits for A? Do we want to place the client in the appropriate grade in school for B? Do we want to ensure that the client will get into an Ivy League college for C? D, do we want to determine if the client is good or bad? What do you think the purpose is here? I'm going to go with A, determine current skill set and deficits. Like you said, really seeing, you know, where the client is at currently and making sure we're implementing programs that is starting with where our client is and then progressing forward from there. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Again, <laughs> you'd be correct. All right. So I got the last question of today. Okay. Let's see. What does the VB map assess? how the client is performing compared to other children their age, B, academic skills, C, social and communication skills, or D, daily living skills? That one would be C, social and communication skills. And remember that the VV map is going to focus on early learners. So we're going to catch them in this kind of early intensive training um, for ABA, and it's going to focus on that social and communication. Awesome. Yep. Perfect. All right. Great. So that brings us to the end. What was that? I said ending on a high note. Got the last one. Ending on a high note. <laughs> we got a hundred percent on each of these. See, look, I got A's. I can get A's at some point, right? <laughs> so that will bring us to the end. And any final thoughts? I just think overall the, the whole episode going over these assessments, just really important to know what your client is willing to work for. That way we are increasing those skills and then also seeing where the client is at, how they're improving from quarter to quarter and adjusting therapy accordingly. Awesome. Great. And good answer here. Final thoughts from myself would be just to make sure that you're staying positive throughout this process. A lot of the times you're in a routine and if there's an assessment that is going to be run, it can interrupt some things. So make sure that you're prepared for it, you're, you prepare your client for it, and just relax, take a deep breath. Everyone will get through this assessment <laughs> and we'll move on. But thank you again, Logan, for joining me as guest host in this RBT podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you as always to Dan and Logan for that excellent conversation. 
and you two had me laughing talking about the analogy of an assessments to report cards in school it just uh it brought back a lot of memories of some very questionable fashion choices i seem to recall just a lot of baggy cargo shorts with far too many pockets and uh <laughs> some glory days in youth sports um i would like to say you know in middle school i played basketball and there was one thing that i was just incredibly skilled at and it was uh i kept that bench so warm man i, I was a what you would call a glue guy which means uh, a lot of a lot of cheering for teammates and a, a, a lot of pats on the back maybe not so many minutes in the game but now thank you guys for your excellent conversation we have some very exciting projects that we're working on that we're going to announce on this feed in the coming weeks um, and one final thing is i just want to again just reiterate my excitement for the upcoming launch of our day in the life series on the bt focus podcast we've had some awesome conversations in the last couple of weeks and i'm just so excited to share those all with you so thank you for listening and we'll see you next time